I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spurs face Brighton at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Three o'clock kickoff tomorrow, which uh, is a game that definitely, most definitely promises goals. As you remember, cast your mind back to December when we last played Brighton. We got a bit of a humbling in that first half. Uh, we did, you know, in the last stage of that game, we created enough chances to probably get back into it. But in my opinion, we owe Brighton something this weekend and we have to give it to them. We have to kickstart um, a really good run in the Premier League. We've got a nice run of fixtures now where we can go on a decent run. And um, and not only do we have a nice run of fixtures, but all the players are back with only Ryan Sessegnon and Manuel Solomon out injured. The first time this season, it looks like we've got a very close to a clean bill of health. Yeah, and it's a massive positive because it doesn't just um, boost you from a starting eleven standpoint, uh, which is obviously uh, fantastic. But you look at the last few weeks who we've been bringing on the, off the bench to kind of see out games. You know, Brian Hill, Oliver Skip, um, Hoybier has been either starting or coming off the bench, and. Hopefully going forward now, we have a lot more technical ability to see out games how Ange wants us to see out games, which I guess we'll get into with some of his quotes. It's kind of a, a cause a bit of controversy, I think it's fair to say. Some of his quotes today in his press conference, we'll talk about that in due course. But um, yeah, to have all these options off the bench now is a massive, massive boost. And hopefully it can lead going forward to Spurs building up some momentum into the last stage of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's such a boost to specifically have Hume-Min Son and Eve Basuba back. We've seen struggles in midfield the last couple of weeks with Ben Tancor not really up to it, um, not really performing at the best of his abilities and levels at the at this moment in time. And you've seen massive struggles in the forward line, uh, to be honest. And, and Hume-Min Son has been a massive, massive miss for this football club. And it's just so good to see them back in the frame. Uh, we don't know if they're going to start or not. I mean, we'll get into the predicted lineup a bit later. But on that, on those two players specifically, do you think they've got chance? I think probably Son being the captain. I think when if he's fit and available, I think the temptation will always be just to chuck him straight in. I think he's going to be desperate to play. Obviously, it was really disappointing on Tuesday being knocked out by Jordan. You could see the disappointment on his face very visibly. But being back in the Tottenham environment, in the Tottenham family, he'll want to be that leader again. And I think even if it means, okay, he plays for like an hour or 70 minutes and he comes off. You've got to remember, earlier in the season, even when he was fully fit, he was being taken off you know, fairly early um, in the beginning of the season. So I think if Ange feels like he can get an hour or 70 minutes out of him, I think the temptation will be to start him. Yeah, I completely agree. And you know, the quality of the man as well, the quality of the player, we just need someone of that quality in the front line as well with the you know, the lackluster performance a bit going forward in the last couple of weeks. But in terms of, let's look at the form uh, that Spurs and Brighton are coming into this game in. Brighton, a bit of an up and down form at the moment. Three wins in their last five. Spurs, um, even more of an up and down form with only two wins in their last five. But you know what you're going to get with Brighton. You're gonna, they're going to con- score a lot of goals. They're going to concede a lot of goals. I mean, you'll probably say the same about Spurs, <laughs> to be honest. But... What can we learn from maybe the last game against Brighton that we can take into this one? What can we learn? Well, I think 
um, playing the way we wanted to play um, against a Brighton side who are obviously very good in possession, um, very energetic, uh, wait for you to come and press them. They kind of want you to press them and you're doing that with, I think the game we played at the Amex, we had Ben Davis and Emerson playing centre-back. We had Hoybier starting. We had we didn't have Lacelso or Kulisevsky as well. Um, so it was very difficult to kind of sustain periods of attack when we were really struggling to build up our play. I think we gave the ball away in our own um, defensive third more times than any other match this season. I think Brighton was so aggressive. And then because we commit risk to the way we play and Brighton a very good attacking side and on their day, they can play through most teams. So... I think having Van de Ven Romero is going to make a massive difference. Having two players who um, are not going to lose those one-on-one battles. I think Emerson had a lot of battles with uh, Jao Pedro, just one-on-one duels, which Pedro was just kind of licking his lips every time he got um, one-on-one with him and was able to create chances. I think having a more technical, a, a more technical ability in the centre as well, more ability to hang on to the ball and build up play. A midfield three of Hoy, BSR and Kulusevski, on paper, not terrible, but... I think the technical ability in terms of hanging on to the ball, being press resistant, being playing on the half turn, it is lacking a bit in, in, in that midfield three that we played on that day. So I think having Basuma, hopefully Bentoncourt a week more of uh, coming back to full fitness, having Madison back as well. And then as well off the bench, if we're, when we're tiring, you have players like uh, Basuma, Bent, um, uh, Lo Celso as well coming off the bench to see out the game or to give us a second win is going to be massively beneficial going into a game against Brighton, who they only know kind of one way of playing. They're not going to come and sit back. They're not going to try and soak up pressure. I know they've been playing a back three uh, recently, so maybe that's... Um, an indication they've been trying to shut up shop a bit more recently, trying to avoid that goals conceded column um, extending even more. But I think Spurs, with the home advantage as well, we're going to be right on top of them. We're going to go for them and they're going to leave spaces and we're going to be able to exploit them. But also the big thing that we did do or didn't do at the Amex is we actually regained the ball quite often in in their defensive third. We were actually quite intense in our pressing, but we didn't take advantage of the opportunities we got when we when we won the ball hard at the pitch. We didn't have the quality to take advantage of that. And hopefully with the better attacking players available to us, that can change in this game. Mm, and obviously different, uh, better options off the bench as well, like you mentioned. I mean, in that game, we brought on Alejo Valiz, who obviously scored that game, and we got stronger as the game wore on. In the last 20 minutes, we, we created so many chances, didn't we? And it was very unfortunate that we didn't get back into it. And you look at the head-to-head between the two clubs, and last season at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, towards the end of the season, you know, we beat them 2-1, but that didn't really tell the story of the whole game. Felt like Brighton played really well that game. We got fairly lucky with a absolutely stunning goal from Hyungmin Son that day. How are we going to stop this Brighton side, you know, with the high line that we have? I think it's going to be about out, out doing them on the footballing side. I think that's how we're going to stop them. We're going to have to be better at keeping the ball. We know Brighton like to keep the ball and like to keep possession. So we're going to have to be, our pressing game is going to have to be top notch to make sure that we're disrupting their play and we're not allowing, not allowing the to build up the way they like to. And I think it's just going to be about sometimes the best form of defence is attack. And I think that's going to be the case I think in this that's game. all the time under hand. Yeah, and... and, and I think that's how we try and play. Brighton are five games away from home without a win. So clearly they're not as good away from home as they are at home. When we did play them at home, although we were in going into the game, you know, fairly confident we can give them the game. I think they're still this, this season, they've only lost one or two games at home. So 
even though maybe they haven't won every game, they're not losing many. So they're still tough to play against. Home advantage does make a difference. So I think being in front of the Tottenham fans, where we've, I think we've won the last three now, we're, we're building up some momentum at home. I think I think with the reception, hopefully Basuma and Son get back in front of the home fans as well. That's going to give everyone a lift. So I think in terms of stopping Brighton, first of all, João Pedro's out. He's been in great form and that's a massive plus for us. He just stretches the play. He's so physical as well. He's um, a real, he's developing into a really good top quality striker, a good Premier League standard striker, which um, maybe at the beginning of the season, um, he wasn't, uh, didn't have the best form, but he's really grown into it. So him being out as a massive plus, it's going to mean that they're going to have less outballs, I feel like, without him. Um, hopefully Matoma as well, if he's not available in this game, that ability for them to get it to a winger who's going to be really good in one-on-one situations is going to be a bit diminished as well. And it's just going to be about winning that midfield battle. I think Brighton love to keep it in the centre. Billy Gilmore, very underrated centre midfielder. I think uh, him, Pascal Gross, really good technical players um, in the centre as well. So if we can stop them playing their build-up, stop them passing it around like they like to, get in their faces, um, make sure they're not getting the supply to people like Ferguson, maybe Welbeck, Buonanote, who they've been playing in the front run recently... I think it's all going to be about nullifying um, their threat through lack of supply, basically. And I think we're capable of doing that. Yeah, I think it's really important as well, like in this game specifically, just the kickstart that kind of run that I was talking about at the beginning of the preview, where you're looking at our next five games. Obviously, we got three home games in a row now. And I'm looking at, we have to get, we don't have to, but I think to put ourselves in a really good position, to get three wins out of the next three in the home games. Like you say, we're building up a lot of uh, ste- a head of steam at home. And if we get these three wins in the next three games, I think we can put a bit of daylight in between us and Aston Villa before we play them um, next month. So I think it's so important to start this run now. All our players are back. There's no real excuses to um, to drop these points against what you call probably mid-table teams at home. Well, he def- definitely doesn't have the excuse of lack of personnel available. That's for sure. That excuse now... I mean, yeah, maybe with players coming back from injury, it might take them a game or two to really get back into the rhythm. So I wouldn't necessarily expect them to... I'm not 100% convinced they're going to go into this game and hit the ground running straight away. Um, But in terms of going forward now with everyone fit... I don't mean you. I mean, he hasn't been using excuses to be honest. He's been found using the excuse uh, in terms of when he's trying to see out these games. He wants to see them out in a certain way, and he doesn't have the personnel off the bench to do that. So I think we've struggled late in games recently. It's no secret. And I think now, with everyone back, we have players off the bench who can really contribute, who can contribute to the team to, on a technical standpoint. There's no real excuses going forward about players missing, injuries, all this kind of stuff, because we've got players. But not only do we have players back, we've actually added, because you know, Dragushin and mm. Werner are there as well, who weren't there at the beginning of the season. So we have even more depth than we had in that in that run where we went um, 10 games unbeaten at the beginning of the season. So the excuse is definitely... Obviously, it doesn't mean like we have no excuse like not to win every game. Look, you drop points sometimes. That can happen. Even with your first choice 11, we're not the finished article. There are still problems we have to iron out. Even with our first choice 11, we're not a perfect team. But in terms of dropping points um, where... You know, I would say more performance level. The performance level hasn't been that great. Probably since... Um, 
in the past, I would say since the new year, since Son went to the AFCON, I think since we lost Basuma, Sara and Son, the performance level has been a bit iffy. You know, Burnley at home weren't great. United away played well, but, you know, maybe didn't create enough chances. Everton last week, we should have done, um, we could have played a lot better, especially in the first half. Man City at home, we didn't have, we had one shot on target, which, you know, again, even against a team like Man City, is not, is not good enough for an Ange team. So I think that kind of element, in terms of like, why are we not creating enough chances? Why are we not being solid, more solid defensively? You know, concede, we've conceded two goals in our past, what, three games in the mm-hmm. Premier League? So I think those things, there's no excuse. But in terms of results-wise, that can happen. I've, I'm not going to sit here and after an unlucky um, defeat say, oh, we, you know, there's no excuse to lose that. Sometimes that can happen. But in terms of performance level, there's no excuse to getting to try and get back to where we were in the first half of the season. First 10 games, First yeah, 10 games. 100%. And I'd even go as further back now. I don't think our performance levels have been um, anywhere close to those first 10 games since we've had all these, since the Chelsea game, pretty much. I think it's been that far and it's been that, that's a long stretch of time. But, you know, and like you say, hasn't been using the excuses. But I think there, has been, there have been excuses. There have been excuses. And I think the fans are right to use those excuses because we've just had a shell of a squad than what we had in the first 10 games of the season. It's just not been of the required quality. For the most point, for the most time, we've been playing Ben Davis and Emerson Royale at centre-backs, and that's just not good for any Premier League side. I would say the performance level since the Chelsea game obviously hasn't been as good as the first 10 games. That's that's no secret. But what I would say is that stretch of games after, since the Chelsea game, maybe obviously forget Wolves, apart from that game, we were still quite good in terms of like creating chances and playing front foot football and looking dangerous and being dominant in games. We're, even though we weren't getting the results, we were still putting in good performances. Now, I'm saying those performances have dried up a bit in the last five games. Mm. We're, not, we're not even putting in those dominant chance-creating performances like we were. So we need to get back to that. We need to start looking intense again creative again and that's that has been a problem what i would say about brighton though is they want teams to come and play the way we want, we're going to play against them they want us to press them i was listening to kevin prince burting who had deserbi as his manager when he was at sassuolo and he was saying that uh, when when teams come and press them they used to lick their lips they used to uh, they used to uh, they couldn't wait for teams to try and win the ball of them press them because that's exactly what they wanted they bait the press and then they um kind of play around them play with their quick interchanges and uh, hit them hit them where they're leaving the space he said where they used to struggle was when teams didn't want to press them when they stood off them and they were asked to break them down he said then we had to find different solutions and we used to struggle uh, against those kind of teams so spurs are definitely going to go in that other way we're going to try and press them we're going to try and win the ball back very quickly we're going to try and hit them um in, in which we're going to try and win the ball back in their third and they're going to be waiting for that so we have to be, be prepared that they're going to be waiting for that if you know what i mean so it's it's not going to be an easy game i'm sure brighton they're a good quality team even with injuries they've still got very good technical players who can pass very quickly very accurately get the progressible forward so it's all about going to be if that midfield can cover the space required whether the defense cannot get caught out um, as often as it has been doing recently um, and everyone doing their jobs off the ball correctly if we're going to make sure that we're going to this game's going to go smoothly I don't expect this game to go smoothly but what I do expect is we're going to create a lot of chances and I, I think with our attack versus their attack we should be able to put more chances away than they, than they do. But I do expect Brighton will give a few moments where they're getting in on our goal. And we have to just make sure that we're more clinical than they are. Yeah, and I want to see us use... I think I spoke about it in the preview or, or uh, review the Prem with, with the... I think I used it in the context of Liverpool. But I want to see us 
like use that hurt that we had at the Amex that, you know, conceding four goals at the Amex is nowhere near good enough, especially the way we performed for, for, the, for the first hour of that game. So I really hope Ange has drilled it into them, like to use that hurt in this game and to come out a bit angry and, and to take it out on them and really stamp our authority early in this game. It's been way too often where we've come out of the blocks quick in the first 10 minutes of games and then kind of diminished um, in that first half. You saw it against Everton. You've seen it against in the last few games, to be honest. And we need to stamp our authority in games in for a lot longer periods than we're doing at the moment. And I think this is a good opportunity. And yeah, like you say, this is probably what Brighton want. They want us to come out. But I think that with the quality that we do have, we can work around that and we can score the goals and we can be clinical. And if we do that, I think there could be quite a lot of goals in there for us to, this weekend. Uh, one thing I would say as, as well um, about Brighton when, when they did beat us, apart from maybe the Man City game in the FA Cup more recently, um, they're probably the first team or the, one of the only teams this season who have really outplayed us on a footballing standpoint. They've really outpassed us. They passed through us. Um, it wasn't just a case of, you know, the Wolves game or the other games where it's against teams who are sitting back and being very defensively resolute and hitting us on the counter. They're the, one of the only teams this season who have gone toe-to-toe with us on a footballing standpoint and really came out on top and were better than us on a footballing standpoint. And you've got to remember, you know, Deserby's been there now since, what, November October or November last season, he's had a lot longer with his team than Postacoglu. So from that standpoint, they may be a bit well-oiled in a weird way from a footballing standpoint than we are um, necessarily. But our progression this season has been very, very quick, very, very quick, especially when we have a lot of players available. So, Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I do, and especially a lot of the points that you can see Brighton have dropped away from home. I think the, the fact that we're at home and the fact that we've got all these players back and all these quality players back, we do have better players than them. That is the truth. So if we can play to our potential with our, with our ability on the pitch, I do see us exploiting Brighton more times than they exploit us. Yeah, and there should be a bit of a sense of occasion in the stadium tomorrow as well with Sonny coming back, with Basuba coming back. I want the fans to be completely up for it in this one and, you know, welcoming back Sonny uh, the way that he should be welcomed back, especially after such a, um, hurt, a hurtful campaign for him, losing to Jordan in the semifinals in the way that they did. So I think if we do that, if the fans are up for it, um, that should in tune kind of G the players up that even bit more. And um, I'm really expecting three points this weekend. I don't think anything else uh, would cut it to be 
be honest. Anything else would, would be a massive disappointment, mm. just like not winning last week was a massive disappointment, even without the fact that we were 2-1 up going into the 90th minute. I think before the game, anyone would have said a draw away at Everton, even though it's a difficult place to go, is disappointing because we know of the potential this team can play at. Um, but looking at this Brighton team, in terms of players who I'm looking at, who I'm a bit wary of, um, obviously Evan Ferguson, who's had, to be fair, a bit of a downturn in form since uh, played much. A late, That's the thing. Uh, an early flurry this season. Obviously got that hat-trick against Newcastle. He was looking like a world-beater. And he hasn't played much because he hasn't been playing well. That's the truth. Uh, Jao Pedro's been in great form. He's preferred Danny Welbeck on occasion. Um, but maybe Ferguson will see this as a big opportunity for him to get to um, get his place back in the first team. He he just, look, 18 years of age or 19 now. You expect ups and downs. Exactly. It's going to happen. Doesn't mean he's any less of a threat. He's obviously very physical. He's a great finisher. We've got to make sure we're not getting the supply to him. I think Billy Gilmore is one of the most underrated centre midfielders he's had a brilliant season um, in the league I, I, I think he's a really good technician he's a great operator in the centre he's really good in the tight spaces and if we're looking to press him he if, if I'm looking at pressing Brighton he's the one I'm worried about in terms of is he going to be able to wriggle through our press? Is he going to be the one midfielder in that team who's going to be able to be press resistant and, and advance Brian up the pitch? I'm worried about him. We have to make sure he's not having an influence on the game. Pascal Gross, obviously, really good at um, creating chances when he's given time and space. He's got he's got a brilliant pass on him. Um, not the quickest, not the strongest, but he makes up for it in other ways. I'm actually much more worried about Pascal Gross when he plays higher up the pitch. When he plays in that number 10 position, he's so much more dangerous than when he plays a bit deeper. I'm actually not too worried about him if he plays um, in that role that we've got in there you saw him in the last game I think against Crystal Palace he did play a bit further up the pitch and you saw him get back into the goal contributions where when he actually plays deeper he doesn't get too involved in those goal contributions yeah which is would be would benefit us massively if that was the case because I don't think he's the best offensively I think he puts in a shift it's a bit like Ericsson when Ericsson used to play in that role it's like he makes the runs but he's not putting in the challenges he's not making tackles he's not winning the ball back for you but he is getting them in the positions mm. he is making sure it's a, at least a bit difficult for the opposition but he's not going to be one who's going to be have like four or five tackles at the end of the game um, so I think that's obviously great and obviously uh, Esther Pinyan if he, if he does start in this he's game as well he did against us last game what a goal that was but yeah you know it's been since that game that was his first game back wasn't it um through injury but since that game he's been in and out the team still struggling with injury a little bit didn't play too much in that crystal palace game so um maybe we're catching him at the right time where he's not actually 100 percent fit yeah but look he came off the bench last week so maybe he's getting back to full fitness and you saw as, as you said what he did to us at the Amex and that was a point in the game actually that Spurs were actually getting back in the game in terms of on the balance of play we started to dominate a bit starting to create a few more chances I think Richarlison had two goals ruled out for offside just before um, he stuck that in the back of the net and obviously at 3-0 the game was pretty much over at that point so he's got that quality I think he's one of the best left backs in the league when he's fully fit I really believe in his quality so he's going to be on Pedro Porro's side so um, if they play in that wing back system we've seen sometimes when we play against wing backs they're, they, they're very good at finding that space on the left hand side because Porro likes to tuck in and when you're playing the wing back they, they like to hug the touchline and they've still got a player further ahead of them who, who either finds that space on the wide or likes to be kind of an inverted forward so that leaves a, at times a lot of space for the wing back unless you've got someone like Werner or Johnson or whatever whoever's going to play on the right hand side tracking back all the way it's very difficult to pick them up so I think if uh, if they are going to play wing backs we saw how Hinchel would um, 
had a lot of joy against us at the Amex as well, picking out those spaces in space. And he's a really talented 18-year-old as well. So in a weird way, I think the best formation to combat Spurs is probably the back three of wingbacks. I do think that's a formation that worries me the most when we come up against it because the wingbacks are harder to track and you still got to focus on you know the, the players inside. That's why we struggled against Brentford so much. It's why we've struggled a lot against a lot of the teams who do play three at the back. Wolves away. We've struggled a lot against them playing three at the back. So if Brighton do go in that formation, that would worry me a bit. But I still look at their back three with uh, it's uh, Dunk, Van Hecker, I think Julio, uh, Verbogen in, in goal as well. And I just think if we can get at that back three or back, fi- or back five even, th- th- I just don't think they're the best quality. I do think we can get a lot of joy out of them. When with Richarlison in the form he's in, with Son coming back, um, with the forward options we have available all of a sudden to us, I think that back three is definitely exploitable for sure. Of course it's exploitable. You see it uh, week in, week out with the results that they have. So up and downs. Well, some weeks they can win 4-0. The next weeks they can concede five goals. You lost to Luton 4-0. Um, you know what I mean? Ago. Exactly. So I think that if you put that defence under pressure, if you really test them, then they'll get found out. And I think that we've got the quality to do that. And I think we will do that tomorrow at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But let's talk about these Ange comments in the press conference. He's talking about... Um, you know, where he's saying he was apologizing. He's saying we're a team that will score last minute goals, but we're a team will also concede last minute goals. What, what did you make out of that? Well, if we get the full quote just for context of what he actually said, because there hasn't been a part of the quote that's been obviously circulating, but he said he was asked about, you know, Spurs conceding late goals in games and if that's a problem he needs to rectify. He said, it's disappointing to concede uh, goals late on. It's disappointing to concede goals early. Either side of half time is not great. Round about the 70th minute, mate, you get disappointed. I don't care. I get it. People want to analyse it. That's fine. We're always going to be a team that score goals or concede goals late. The way we want to close out games is by scoring more goals. That's not going to satisfy everyone and the stats and the stat heads will explode with me explaining it that way but it's just the team we want to be and that's the most important thing for me the thing for me that we haven't done so far and what we won't do is jump at shadows trying to fix what the current potential issue is we're building a team here and we're building a way of playing and for me that is the most important thing it was disappointing to concede late last week but overall at a difficult place for the most part we handled it okay so a lot of people um are accusing uh, Ange of kind of, I don't know, being naive or um, not, not, a lot of people are not happy with what he said. So they, they think that, you know, you have to have a lot more game management. You have to be sometimes more pragmatic late in games when only leading by one goal and you shouldn't be leaving yourself exposed when you're protecting a lead. And I do understand that point of view. But I said this in, in the panel show, the way Ange wants to see out games is by passing the opposition to death is by continuing to put them under pressure and going for more goals if you have the ball in their half in in the last few uh, minutes of the game and you're passing it around them and looking for more goals that's going to keep them defending and it's not going to allow them to get up the pitch and 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 you know score themselves so i think that's his vision of how he wants to close out games i don't think he means even the last minute at one nil up we're going to keep going gung-ho we're going to push everyone forward and you know we're going to send the goalkeeper up from corners when we're one nil up you know what i mean i don't think he means like we're going to go full out attack even when the game is tied but I do think what he's trying to say is we're a team that's going to continue to 
look to score. We're not going to just shut up shop and park the bus when we're leading 1-0 or 10 minutes to go. We're going to continue to look for more goals and try and kill off the game. And I think that is the right way of approaching things. I know people will say... Well, I know people look at last weekend's Everton and then also in a few games this season where we've either been leading by the results being precarious and we've conceded late chances and, and either we've conceded either we've cost games like against Wolves or against Everton or we've nearly have like against Brentford or against uh, Man United or you know Burnley there's been times where we've conceded late chances but I think the reasons for those isn't because we've been naive in how we've approached it because you've got to remember in those games, whatever Ange wants to say, he brought a Dragushin on in those games and went to a back three. And that could definitely be perceived as a way of trying to protect the result. But I think the reason why we haven't been getting haven't been ending the games that well is because he's he is trying to end he is trying to finish those games in the way he wants to by continuing to play our football and go for more goals. Yet when we make subs late on in games and we lessen the technical quality of the team and then also obviously retiring because he intends where we're playing it leads to get the opposition gaining more encouragement. It leads to Spurs not hanging on to the ball the way we want to hang on to the ball. And then obviously, when you give the opposition encouragement, it leads to chances being created and leads to precarious positions. If you look at the way Man City like to see out games, they just keep the ball constantly. And they do try and score more. They like to play in the opposition half and they just keep the ball so well. Um, even when the team is pressing them and even when they're, um, you know, the, the team is trying to get back in the game, they're just passing the team to death. And uh, more often than not, they do get a, a, a third or a fourth late on. And But sometimes they do concede late. Again, like Crystal Palace, they were 2 0 up, conceded two late goals. A few times they've been, you know, 3 0 up and they do concede late consolation because they are trying to score more goals constantly. And I think that's Andrew's vision. But I understand fans looking at those quotes and thinking, is that a silly way of approaching the game? Is that a way that's going to lead to you winning trophies and whatever going forward? Because some people argue late in games, you have to be smarter and you can't just always attack. And sometimes you do have to batten down the hatches and, you know, be pragmatic. And that's the kind of way I feel about things. Like, I love Angeball. I love the way we play our football. I love this gung-ho style of approach, constantly attacking, constantly trying to be on the ball, constantly trying to be in possession. But I do feel like sometimes late in games when, you know, the result is really close that we should go a bit more. I know he's gone three at the back and it hasn't <laughs> held us in good stead in those two games. You know, look at the Man City game, Dragusin's come on, we've conceded late. Um, the Everton game was the same, Dragusin's come in and, we and we've seen it off late. In but fact, every time we've gone three at the back, it hasn't really helped No, much. exactly. And so I feel like there are ways that you can combat that and there are ways that maybe tactically or you can try different plays within possession and maybe just try and slow it down a little bit and, and keep possession in that way. But I don't know why. Why does he have to say that if he knows it's going to just rile up the fan base? I don't have a... Don't why, why would he know that? Well, I guess he kind of insinuated it because he said some people go mad about what I'm saying. But I don't know. That's, but he's trying to instill a mentality that we never stop. We always keep going for more. And that's what he's trying to input. And maybe in the short term, you might suffer a bit. But in the long term, then you'll benefit from it. Like you look at um, the way Arsenal play, right? And their progression under Mikel Arteta, you know, he's constantly changed the way Arsenal have played uh, year on year. First year, first couple of years they came, you know, they were very pragmatic. And then last year, they were like a gung-ho side. This year, they've, they've become a bit more pragmatic. And I feel like... 
it's been smart the way they've done it and they are creeping up the table they are getting better year on year and i feel like sometimes you do have to change the way you play for different opposition and, and different stages of the game um instead of just only having one way of playing and that's it but for me i feel like I think that's true, but I feel like you still need to develop like a base way of playing in terms of you have to ingrain it in your team. And that doesn't take that doesn't take six months. It can take a long time to do that. And you first of all, you you ingrain that way you perfect it. So it's very hard to stop. And then once once you're at that level, you can start maybe tweaking it a bit. But I think for these players situations. are natural at that. These players are natural at playing attacking way, attacking possession based football. I know we've we had that's not what we've been playing the last couple of years. I don't think they were natural at what Conte and Jose were trying to do. I think they're natural at this kind of way of playing football, attacking possession based. So I feel like maybe the coaching needs to be a bit more on being pragmatic late in games to try and see out games. I disagree because I think that the re the reason why he does this is to see who's up to it right now and who's not, and he and then he can make judgments of. Who, who can handle doing this even in a very highly um, pressured environment of you know looking to see out a game late and then you can weed out who's who's good for it who's not and going forward you can then once you weed out those players everyone's going to be able to see out the game and how he wants to do it moving forward and then you'd be able to do it with high quality like the top teams do it right now Again, we're very early in the project, so it's not going to be perfect. We're going to try and do these things, and sometimes it's going to work, and sometimes it's not going to work because we have players who are not up to it. But once he works out who is and who isn't up to it, which you, which you can only work that out by doing it, then you'll be able to... Then in the long okay. term, you're going to have a squad full of players who are able to see out a game by just passing and, and by attacking. And that's the way he wants to see out games. I guess it's a case of, you know, people need to realise as well as I'm going to contradict everything I just said. But, <laughs> um, I guess people also need to realise that we are very early on in this project. We are kind of, this is always supposed to be a building block season, right? And what a building block season means is you're building the blocks for the future projects and for the future seasons. And um, I think we're, we're on such a good path right now. Um, everyone just needs to trust in everything that Ange wants to do, in my opinion. And, and yes, I, I said that we need to be more pragmatic in games late on. But also, I, I see it both ways. Like in the short term, I would say we need to be more pragmatic in games late on just to get results here and now. But I, I do agree with you saying it will stand us in better stead in the future. And look at look at seasons gone by. How many times we complained about Mourinho and Conte going one nil up or something, and then trying to just see out the result and end up costing us late in games. Like he doesn't want that mentality to seep back into the team. That that's the what they should do. Then. The players need to learn how to keep the ball better later on in games. That's I, what it comes down to. I just feel like. The players that are coming off the bench a lot of time, or even starting when you like have Hoybeer and stuff like that, when he has these kind of players in the team and we're trying to see out in the result in his kind of way, they're not they're not capable of doing it. It's very difficult for them to do that because they're not up to it. Even when you have players like Brian Hill coming off the bench and you're asking him to exploit the space on the left hand side that's going to be left by a team chasing the game, he's not able to do it. So it leads to the ball keeping coming and back. That should change now. 
That yeah. should change now with the players that are coming back into the team. And look how know? it was in the first 10 games. You know, we were seeing out games really well. Mm. Um, I can't remember too many times in the in the first 10 games where we, apart, I think there was one time against Palace where we were tuned up and we conceded in the 90th minute. Apart from that, we were pretty comfortable late in those games, seeing them out, because what we used to do is we used to pass it around and go for more goals. That's what we used to do. In the, and we have to, we had players coming off the bench like Lacelso and Solomon and whatever other players coming off the bench. Even Hoybier was coming off the bench rather than starting. So that really helped us kind of see out those games. And yeah. at the moment, the last two months or so, it just hasn't been the case. We bring on Donnelly to see out the game and Hill and Skip and all these players who it's just going to be more difficult to do that. Yeah, it's mad to think as well. Um, you look at Mickey van der Ven. Mickey van der Ven hasn't been on a losing side in the Premier League yet. It's yeah. actually mad, isn't it? He hasn't been on losing side? Yeah, in the Premier League. Wow, that's crazy. Obviously, he played the Chelsea game, but he went off. Um, well, we early on in that game we'll up I think it was 1-1 one, one, one uh, when yeah. he went off but like obviously that Madison game as well then Madison as well but it's like these players haven't been on a losing side in the Premier League and I think that in itself goes to show like once we get like, like we have now once we get our first 11 back once we get this squad um, with options off the bench I think we could go on a mad run I really do I agree it's very exciting it's really exciting uh, look, I, but I don't want to hide. I don't want people to think just because we have all these players back, we're now going to turn into prime Barcelona and we're going to be the best team in the league. Nah, we're not going to turn case. into prime Barcelona. <laughs> we're going to turn into prime Tottenham Hotspur. That's what we're going to turn but, into. But like, I, I do think things will dramatically improve now from where we were for the last couple of months. Not to say things were terrible, but we I have think to get back to get that better. mentality. The first ten games of the season, we have to get back to those ways of playing. We like those first ten games of the season. We went into games after the probably after the Man United game, thinking, we're winning this game. We're winning this game. We're win we went into the game against the North London derby at Arsenal, like, full of confidence. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the last time we went into the a game at the Emirates <laughs> full of confidence. Yeah. And we took away a point. And we, and we were good for a point. We could have taken away three points. You know what I mean? So we have to go back to that mentality where... Since we've got these injuries, we've been going into games like a bit like heads down a little bit saying, oh, you know, hopefully we can get three points in this game. But in the first 10 games, it was more of an expectancy. We should be taking three points in this game. We need to get back to that now. Uh, now we've got the first 11 back. Now we've got all these players coming back. Sonny um, is going to be vital to that. We've missed him so much uh, since he's been out in the Asia Cup. So I'm expecting a big performance um, tomorrow. I really am. I hope we make a statement. That would be we great. If we can make a statement tomorrow, like we're back. This is going to be the Tottenham from now to the end of the season. You know, lots of goals, lots of chances created. That would be the what the doctor ordered. I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, score predictions. He's sticking with four two, five two, five two. I said five <laughs> two. I think a big performance. Um, I really think we're going to take the game to them. I think we're going to really go at them. I do think Brighton. We're not going to have it all our own way. I do see Brighton getting some joy, and they're going to be waiting for us. They're going to be waiting for how we're playing. So I do expect them to put some passing moves together and cause problems. But I just think with our intensity with the players coming back with our quality as well. I think Brian are just going to find it very, very difficult to live with us. So, and I, I don't see them changing their, the way of playing. I see them continuing to go forward and try and attack us. I think they're going to feel like attackers the best form of defence and we're going to feel like that as well. But I feel like our quality is going to lead to more attacking situations for us and we're going to be able to keep Brighton out more times than they keep us out so I see a lot of goals and I'm going 5-2 to Spurs yeah I also think Spurs are going to make a bit of a statement tomorrow Sonny's back Basuma's back uh, options off the bench 
Um, I really want to see us go uh, completely for their throats from the first minute and sustain that pressure as well because we haven't been able to sustain pressure in the past couple of weeks against the various different teams we have been playing. Yes, three at the back is going to be difficult for us to uh, to play against as it always is. But I think three at the back for Brighton is a bit different to like three at the back for like Everton or three at the back for Brentford. You know, uh, they don't have as good defensive players as those kind of teams do have. So I think we can find them out a little bit, find those spaces with the quality that we do have. I'm going to go for a 3-1 win to Tottenham Hotspur and I think that this has to kickstart a run for us now with three home games in a row now I want nothing short nothing less than nine points in those next three games and um, it should build that mentality and build that belief in the squad that we can go on a massive run from now until April from now until April we have got such winnable games obviously the hardest one coming at Villa Park but apart from that you're looking at all all those games and you think that we should we should be taking the three points in the majority of them so if we can put ourselves in a really good run from now until April where we, we go into that massive run starting with uh, West Ham away you never know where we can end up in the table and considering how we've played against a lot of the bigger teams anyway who's to say that we're not going to win some of those games mm, exactly so I'm going 3-1 Sims going 5-2 to Tottenham Hotspur let me know your predictions in the comments section below hi this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the future isn't scary not realizing its potential however could be just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.